internet. Hey, internet. How's it going, internet? We Still can't answer special, you, Dale. Got a very special guest with us today, Mr. We Jamie do. McDonald. Hey. Jamie McDonald, a.k.a. MD, a.k.a. Uh, Boom, Boomsday, a.k.a. Chatterless. Too many AKA, aliases. You I'm do. Just a, but, I'm just a fella, you know? You're, a, you're a man of many talents. Thanks for joining guy. us, Jamie. Hey, man. How's it but going? I'm trying to bye. share this uh, stream right now. Sorry, I'm not looking up. That's not very... Oh, that's fine. I'm trying uh, to share. Fine. This is good podcasting. You'll see me and Derek typing as we're talking, but you can tell when we're doing it because we have like a super concentration face and we like bite our lip. Yeah, so we're also usually researching things on the fly because we have yeah, no yeah. fucking idea what we're talking about. So oh, uh, you're covered. Yeah, because we usually go on tangents and just end up somewhere where we hadn't planned on going anyway. That's the uh, joy of going live, eh, boys? Yeah, but yeah. Post game, <laughs> like it's it's kind of a rush because it's like if you f up, there's no recovery. It's just awkward. Are we not saying fuck now? Yeah. What are, are we you, censoring ourselves? Are you censoring yourself? What? what, what? <laughs> sure. No. F up. Dale. Hey, well, Jamie's hey, doing that. Dale, did, how you did, doing, man? I'm good. Did I tell you about the time my mom came to watch us live stream? And she told me, she's like, oh, I was going to watch you live stream, but you swore too much. So I had to leave. And I was like, that sounds about right. Yeah, that was my mom, like episode one of the podcast. <laughs> and then also the podcast <laughs> I made with my four-year-old son. She yeah. was like, there's, there's too much swearing. Sundays with Noah, you're just like swearing at your six-year-old. Is he six still? Or did uh, he get older? He is. Okay. See, look at that. Yeah. Uncle points. So that's how aging works. You do get older, but he is still, the numerical value assigned to his age is still six. <laughs> All right. I see Jamie shared the post. Dale, let's uh, kick it off with you. How, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm enjoying my, well, I don't know, like, I don't know, like in terms to dealing with COVID, dealing with the world burning down, dealing with trying to cancel everything that has police officers in it or because I'm pretty good at everything, but I'm a little bit miffed. They want to cancel Paw Patrol. I feel like that's a bit too far. Nobody with children is upset. And we can discuss this later in the show, but nobody with a child would be, would shed a tear if Paw Patrol was just like fucking eradicated from the earth. Like <laughs> I'm so sick of that show. <laughs> I don't care why they cancel it. Just cancel it. Like, Doesn't that just mean you'll have to watch more YouTube stories about the hacker guys? Uh, yeah, true. I mean, everything my son watches is obnoxious. Only last Friday night, I, uh, I put on uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or maybe it was TMNT2, Secret of the Use. Yeah. Uh, and he got big into that. Um, oh, nice. So One of the I, best. The classics. They never go out of style. Dude, what about the Michael Bay reboots of the Ninja Turtles? No. What are we talking about? Fuck out of here. What are you... Dude, they got Bebop and Rocksteady. Hey, Jamie, you want to be co-host on a podcast with me? Bebop and Rocksteady. (laughs) This guy's (laughs) fucking out of here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have enough uh, experience to be a part of this podcast. Yeah, so why don't you you tell us a bit about yourself and your illustrious history as an entertainer? Yeah, let's let the guests speak instead of us talking about ourselves for 20 minutes yeah you guys are gracious as hell to even yeah. uh, <laughs> me like that but um <laughs> yeah i don't know i i don't know i feel like uh in a fit of mania i decided oh let's go host a podcast and produce a bunch of projects and then score a bunch of video game scores and then work on television music and all that stuff at the exact same time 
And oh, that's kind of like what I did, except for I just did only the podcast part. <laughs> oh, One just a yeah, single yeah. podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. But like all that, and then like also like making original music for like myself and performing live and supporting others and producing and DJing and, and having all that all at the same time. Nice. And also like hitting a wall and just realizing that, hey, I've been redlining it for like so long and I've just been burying the needle into the ground with, with just so many things going on that I just kind of put a pause on everything for a little bit. Mm-hmm. took some time to like figure out what's going on with myself and got some very much needed mental health assistance and uh, I good. stopped the podcast. So intergalactic interviews ended at 175 episodes, the award-winning intergalactic interviews. Oh, what award did you guys win? Oh, just second place in a little, little contest from uh, the West Ender. I don't know if you've ever heard of a publication. Oh, oh. second overall in Vancouver and, now, some of you might think like, oh, well, that doesn't sound like a winning podcast. That's second. Well, the first, first place, you know, was, was an almighty podcast that's been around here forever called Stop Podcasting Yourself. Oh, the, and, uh, the Graham Clark one. And as many people have told me, uh, coming second to that is like coming in first anyway. So that's fine. They're the yeah, best. Yeah, because Graham's Because like, no one's going to topple them from, yeah, like, they're going to be number one forever, right? right? He's like a weird. legit celebrity too. Yeah. So there's no shame in losing to him. Hey. If, if, if you lose, like, I don't know, but like if you win at a second place, that's how you feel good. Yeah. You know, that there's actually, so there was a psychological study done and they found that like second place finishers felt shittier than if they hadn't placed at all. Like first place, you feel fucking great because you won. Second place, you feel shittier than if, because you came that close to like actually being the best, but weren't the best. And then third place, you're fucking stoked because you have no business being there. And like, that was someone who like never expected to place and they ended up placing. So like yeah. second place is actually the most psychologically damaging position to be in. <laughs> I guess sense. so. Yeah. Cause you, <laughs> you know, like, if I would have pushed a little bit harder. I would have made it. Yeah. Also, if only my know. beard were as big as Graham Clark's, I could, uh, <laughs> I could have been the number one podcaster. Yeah. So we've already identified a, why I had to stop the podcast because mm-hmm. that was what their intention was. They said, stop podcasting yourself. So I did, I stopped right. And then the next thing I did was like my beard as Derek identified, wasn't big enough at the time. It used to be like this, like down here, but yeah. now, you know, much like a lot of people that, have had like late night, um, you know, maybe a late night show or a podcast, radio, anything like that. When they go away, oftentimes they go away and they live in the woods or something and they grow mm-hmm. a beard. Like, yeah. Well, here I have this massive beard all of a sudden. And I'm like, all right, this is just the life I live now. This is I think I you should take another shot of Graham Clark with that beard because that might be the edge you needed. <laughs> Like maybe, maybe that was all let's things. submit this episode and maybe yeah. we can win an, uh, an award off of uh, Jamie's back. Uh, yeah, I'm he has... definitely okay with just floating in on Jamie's coattails. I... And we can, we'll even let you have the award. We'll just take all the money that's involved. No, I'm going to take the award. There's no money in podcasting <laughs> awards. Okay, you can have the money. I'll take the reward. <laughs> or no, wait, you take the reward or the, no, you take the trophy. And I'll take the money. There has to be money. So, Jamie, what are you up to uh, these days? <laughs> Guys, I'm having a really great time. I Instead of letting awesome. Dale continue that bit for the next, uh, you know, eight to ten minutes, let's. Uh... Oh, okay. I think we go with that. Can we talk about? So, you recently scored uh, 
Dosed, which yeah. is uh, a very popular movie um, examining, what is it? Like, uh, like psycho, psychotropics, the effect of them, like. Yeah, um, something like, uh, basically the synopsis I give that like the elevator pitch, so to speak, which works better than my small speak, small, small speak, whatever, uh, is uh, basically there's this, this woman actually here in Vancouver and uh, she had a serious addiction to opiates, uh, like a lot of people do, but this particular person was like high, high register, like incredibly, yeah, it, it was crazy. So um, the documentary follows her uh, pursuit of using alternative medicine and uh, basically trying out, you know, the, these different techniques, a, a very strong portion of which includes um, uh, psilocybin, which is the uh, hallucinogenic property. Oh, with, I'm I'm familiar, friend. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> with, uh, I, I'm not. What what drug is this again? Where yeah. can you find this? Yeah. Psilocybin? So, is that what you so, said? So that was from my mom. That was just listening, so she knows exactly what I've been. Ah. Doing. right, right. But but yeah. Uh, so that that's what that is, and then um, it's a very, it's not very linear in terms of like it's not a straight rise or something. So I, I would I would definitely recommend checking it out. The good thing is that it's been selling out you know, worldwide for over a year in private festivals and that it's, it's actually uh, garnering awards. Seems every single time it goes, it's either the audience participation award. Um, uh, like, so the, like the, the fan favorite one or like, you know, uh, it, it's, it's just, it gets a lot of love. It seems everywhere it goes. And I get messages from all types of people and I, I was very fortunate to work on it. Um, but yeah, I, I composed music for it and it was super fun. And uh, I hope everyone gets a chance to see it because it'll, it'll change your mind, I think, on stuff. So where can people go to see this? Right now, uh, right now, what I would recommend you do is to check out, they have a very active Instagram um, profile. Uh, you can also go check out the website itself, uh, dosedmovie.com. I think I was pushing people towards the film and that's the wrong one, but I just want to make sure right now. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, Dosed is the, if, I mean, if you just type Dosed movie, it's, it's it's the highest ranking thing in Google for a reason. So if you check oh. it out, if you go to dosedmovie.com. Um, I think right now because of COVID and everything, like literally as it was going up, uh, up until the shutdown and quarantine of uh, the world, basically um, mm. it was like all around the world. Like every, I think it was on simultaneously, like multiple different continents at one point being uh, streamed. So um I think you can actually rent it now in house so you can watch it from well, home, nice. which is great. But uh, I'm sure the big idea is to get distribution and have, um, you know, as many eyes and ears on it as possible. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, cause I'm active in, in a bunch of recovery communities and this, mm -hmm. this movie keeps coming up and like a lot of people are starting to, to pay attention. I think on the back of this movie to, um, to hallucinogenics is like uh, for therapeutic use and to help people kick addictions as well. Um, yeah. So there's a, a lot of science coming out about it, which is uh, it's exciting to see. I, I think it's exciting what you're doing with your life, man. I, I think like the, the amount of uh, turnaround in terms of like what you've, you've done with your time and, and how you are um, becoming a community figure and leader and, and what you do and, and meetups. Like, I think that's, that's really inspiring, man. And it's really cool. And uh, 
I get uncomfortable when I compliment people too long. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this feels weird. Thanks, yeah. Don't worry. No, I, I, I get uncomfortable yeah. when you compliment Derek too much too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dale, you're, you're still a piece yeah, of shit. I'm like, Dale, it is but, good. Uh, I, I want to butt in and make a joke, but I'm like, yeah, this is all very nice and good. So yeah. I shouldn't. You shouldn't. Don't don't ruin the moment. No, well, Jamie did know me in probably my my train train wreckiest days for sure. <laughs> uh, so, uh, thanks, dude. That's that. I appreciate that a lot. Of course, of course. So, of course, all that shit got derailed again because of COVID. Uh, I think I tried holding like two or three like virtual sober meetups, and like nobody showed up. It was just like me hanging yeah. hanging by myself on a Zoom chat. Yeah, it turns uh, out those are just called Zoom chats. Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not really meetups anymore. Uh, all right. Do you guys want to get into the entire premise of this podcast, which is things that people are mad about and no fucking shortage right now, like oh, at all? I feel like even if society crumbles, all still people will still be mad online. Like, uh, like you see all these protests – like the weird thing was we're like, whoa, what a society never recovers from COVID. And then it just dovetailed straight into everybody burning everything down. And then you're like, what if they actually stop society? And they're like, well, Twitter will still keep going. So people will still be complaining about I, stuff. I just had an, you just totally, and I, I had this visual, like you just inspired me to think like the world's over. There's no humans left on earth, but mm. it's just like Russian bots arguing with each other <laughs> on, on Twitter. Twitter. Dude, you got to think like that is absolutely something that would happen. Like humanity yeah. is just wiped out and these bots are going at it. Yeah. The oh, end yeah. Of time. What if like yeah. they're always talking about that the moment the machines wake up and AI is launched. What if that happens and it's just different accounts arguing with each other on Twitter? They're like, oh, they're going to take over humankind and we're all going to be helpless. And then <laughs> we just partition them onto the internet and then like, just close off Twitter and then come back in a thousand years and they've evolved into something else. All right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean it to. to no, topic. <laughs> uh, first topic that I wanted to dive into is uh, Chaz, which is, I don't know if anyone's been uh, watching the news, but anarchists have taken over a chunk of Seattle uh, and are basically have established a, uh, like a, well, their own a good little, that's a good way to get people sympathetic to their cause. So, I mean, it's, it's like, I know people who live there and it's working. Like they live in Chaz. Yeah. Why do they name it Chaz? It's, uh, it's, right? it's a Capitol Hill autonomous zone, but I hear that. And all I can think about is a uh, fucking Chaz, uh, Chaz Bono. Bono. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah. literally all. So like not great on the branding front, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like after the Seattle police abandoned the East Precinct, yeah, uh, these people basically just like set up shop, and it's basically like uh, a twenty-four hour street festival there now. Which Sale as as the oldest suburban white man alive disproves of. But like I know people who like live in. They don't live on the street. They live in the area, and they're like, man, this is fucking. This is pretty dope. Like, no so how how big is Chaz? Like. It's like it, six city blocks. Like imagine if someone just like cordoned off from like uh, Seymour Street to fucking Dunsmere uh, and just like turned that into like a commune where see, like we're not allowed to exist. On one hand, I'm like, that's great. People need to take back their area and live how they want to be. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I feel like this is going to come back to bite them in the ass. Like it's just going to be 
some excuse for like Trump or even the Seattle mayor or like Washington's governor to be like, all right, now we have an excuse to go in and just fucking get even shittier. So I mean, I was just going to say like, it could be a, it might just turn into an excuse to get the military involved. Yeah. Which definitely it seems like they're creating a vacuum of power, which will allow uh, an overabundance of military use. Mm -hmm. Um, I think already though, uh, the Seattle mayor, I believe she wrote a, a tweet responding to Trump's threatening tweet that said, uh, you fix it or I'll fix it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck yeah. he said, yeah. And uh, her response was, uh, we're all good. We got it. Go back to your bunker, which I thought was tremendous. I thought that was that, good. That's good. But it's like poking like a drunk senile bear. Like, I'm not a fan of Trump. But he is the sitting president of the United States. And whether you think he's there like uh, lawfully or whatever, or he should have got kicked out impeached. It's like, I don't know. It's like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, fuck everything up. Anarchists, like, go burn it down. But on the other hand, I'm like, that's still the fucking president. And he is a joke. But he still does have all those secret buttons and call of the military and everything. Like... They don't even have to be secret anymore. Like Trump yeah, could yeah. easily just be like, hey, military, go drop a couple nukes on Seattle. Yeah. And Trump's face would be like, those libs were asking for it. And it <laughs> wouldn't really make a fucking, like, this is the state of politics in the US now is yeah. that nobody fucking cares as long as your side is winning. Like, oh, yeah. if, if you're winning and your guy's in charge and calling the shots, it doesn't fucking matter what he does. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it's like, before you're like, mm, I don't know what my opinion is on this. You go on the internet and you're like, well, I'm a Republican. So you search up what your opinion on whatever's happening is supposed to be. And you're like, well, this is what I think about it. Like, I think another th- reason this is bad is because like, this is just going to kind of sway things back to the Republicans because it's like, you have all these conservatives and being like, all oh, these liberals are getting out of hand. These anarchists, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And then they just like, make their own country and then they're like see mm, I, I get what you're saying because it, it serves as an example and a rallying point for those who may not otherwise exactly. be educated I, I, and I understand what you're saying I think though the larger implications for this this gathering are the mass organization of people that are absolutely fed up with the current structure mm-hmm. of society I think the 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 obvious holes that come to mind I think for anyone when you think of uh, police being removed from um, a standard position like that is uh, who do you call when there's a rape? Who do you call uh, for burglary? It's, it's not necessarily uh, about patrolling cops and, and, and the troubles that that brings. It's more about like, who do you contact for these other things? So I'm like sure the dispatchers, crimes, yeah. right. So I'm sure the dispatchers are, are being inundated with different precincts, having to handle different calls, meet me outside the Chaz zone and I'll listen yeah. to sexual assault type situations. So I don't know. That's just speculation. But I, I think that say, say if you, if you look at the idea that like the Republicans could swoop in and, and take that position and, and, you know, have, have a reason to like, you know, overthrow the blue state of, of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would challenge you to think then what would happen? Let's say Austin, which is a very left leaning city in a uh, incredibly red state so maybe the reddest state um it, if austin suddenly became Chaz two 
and had this like completely autonomous community that's set up, um, would it would it have enough of an effect that it would actually rally other people into like destroying them, or would other communities start to be like, I think we could live like that too, and then have it proliferate that way? I think Doesn't- those are like the kind of weird questions that haven't been answered yet. The thing about Austin is doesn't Texas still have some weird thing in their, like their state's, um, I guess, rules where they joined, but not as a state. So they can still, they still kind of have this thing where they can separate anytime they want because I don't know, something about when they Individual cities or the, the entire state? Like the entire state of Texas can leave the USA if they want, because when they joined the union or whatever, they had some, I don't know, backup plan. I, I'd have to go research it, which I obviously didn't do. You do. Wanna, do you want to Google it? We can sit here and watch you while you do that. Okay. Okay. Don't my effort face. I know they tried uh, protesters when they saw what had happened in Seattle. I know protesters in Portland tried doing the same thing. Uh, and I think they had it up for like eight hours and the cops were like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so but I think you're you're right in that it's it's going to be an interesting experiment if it if it's allowed to continue and it isn't just something that like you know people are all fired up and like buying into the cause right now. But in like two or three weeks, I think it'll be interesting to see if like people if it's still there and and how they're dealing with policing and yeah. uh, how they're dealing with like administration um, versus if everyone just like gets gets bored and goes home. But I think it could definitely be a uh, you know, a, a, like you said, a rallying point for, for other people who are maybe, for me, it's, it's kind of heartening because I think it like takes us back to, to a time when we had like, just like community based everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like you didn't Mm -hmm. really care about shit on the national level. You didn't even care about shit on the state level. You had your like your little local community and everyone supported each other and everyone worked together uh, and now you have people who don't give a fuck about their local community and they care only about like Washington and who's in charge there. Uh, and nobody gives a shit about what's happening locally to them. So yeah. I think, I think if anything's going to like break us out of this, like just fucking insane political nosedive that the world has been in lately, where it's just like people who are, you know, countrymen who are constantly adversarial with each other and like battling each other over their political views. Um, I think I think the thing that's going to bring us out of that is like, if you can fucking link arms with your neighbor, regardless of their political views and just like work to better your, your little space around yeah. you. Yeah. Like, like a total like Dabu Dore kind of everyone gathers around in a circle in a who like fashion. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and fucking scare off the Grinch. <laughs> yes. And uh, I think, and I've, I've actually, I've done the math. If we have uh, in North America, if we had uh, no less than 10 Tom Hanks, we could turn this whole thing around because <laughs> that's the link in the chain. That's how many you need to get to the White House. If you have like, yeah. a, like a mayor all the way up, and then it's like, oh, they represent themselves so well. And everyone loves them. Everyone mm-hmm. loves them. It's true. Nobody, nobody hates Tom Hanks. <laughs> so I, I did some research and I was wrong. Texas can't secede from the union. It's a common urban myth. But I looked it up on Texplainer and they started talking about it because they're talking about Brexit. They're like, what about Texas? 
And then it was like, no, Dale doesn't know what he's talking about. Just ah, because. the portmanteau is right there. Text oh. it. That's so <laughs> right? That's such a good what one. A tragic what a waste. waste. Uh, the, I, yeah, apparently at the end of the Civil War, the federal government went in and was like, yeah, you're not allowed to fucking make your own rules anymore. Because right. they, were, they were their own country for nine years before they joined the United States. So a lot of people were like, well, we were our own country. We could just leave and be our own country. But they can't legally. But I don't really. It's one of those things where it's like, well, they can't leave legally. And you're like, so they can leave illegally? Like, what are you going to do? They, like, secede from the union, make their own country, and then you sue them for money? <laughs> yeah, that's weird, right? In their yes. own country? sue them. Yeah, it's like you sue them till they come back. Anyway, sorry to derail your Tom. Thank you for explaining that because that was. (laughs) We all learned something new today. I was like, "Holy shit, are we gonna have to worry about Texas just fucking leaving the union next? Like, is that (laughs) is that gonna be the next tragedy to befall us? Just a complete rogue state, and they take Minnesota with them or something." you think they left how many people would just be like well i'm gonna go to texas that country would be banging yeah and then tattoo artists would just be making so much money with cover-ups all kinds (laughs) of flags that are just gone oh all the people (laughs) who have texas tattoos on their body (laughs) (laughs) um do you guys want to talk dale had they defunded the police when you recorded the last episode that i wasn't on is that something Uh, that we uh no they were talking about defunding are you talking about Minneapolis police? Yeah, so Minneapolis Police Department. We've seen a couple. Uh, but have they actually been funded? I just saw that uh, the city council was take was going to pass a no veto motion to defund the police. But I also saw that the police were planning on leaving the union and restructuring. So I don't exactly know what's going on right now. I mean, however the fuck it plays out, what we are seeing in Minneapolis right now is like this groundswell of support for police reform, um, Mm -hmm. whatever that does end up looking like. And so we've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of attention being paid by a lot of people to this idea of defunding the police. Um, And I wanted to get your takes on it, specifically the guy who was on this podcast for one episode versus the guy who's on this podcast for <laughs> well, I talked about it a bit. episodes. We talked about it a bit last episode because Dave was talking about it and compared up here, but Jamie wasn't here last episode, so let's get his. And it's the whole situation has also progressed more since. Yeah. Episode. Well, thank you for that wonderful intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I, no problem. I, I would say that uh, right off the bat, I think uh, a fundamental issue regarding the mentality of defunding the police department, um, whether you're for it or against it, is a lot of people don't even understand what that means from uh, from a ground level, like what what they're actually discussing. So uh, just to be clear for those people that are listening, uh, defunding um, the police uh, does not mean uh, shutting down the police and having no police like we just discussed in a you know, a Chaz type scenario over in Seattle. That's, yeah, that's is not- Minneapolis going to be Chaz too? Yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it certainly doesn't seem that way because what defunding the police really means is, is really, I think a more apt term would be like demilitarizing the police because uh, the amount of APCs and uh, armored uh, vests and, and spiked gloves and all kinds of crazy, you know, post Afghanistan shit that they have probably not necessary at all probably not necessary at all and and i can understand having a well um well armed or well well defensive 
budget in terms of like that stuff, but none of that stuff is defensive. The, uh, AP, APCs that can absolutely be used to invade Canada. Like I was watching that stuff and being like, if all those militaries, like, and that's what they are. If all yeah, those- They are. Those, yeah, if all those police departments right now decided that, you know, Winnipeg is like Canada's Boston, basically, you know, like, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's take it from them. What would we do? I, I don't, like, we would have to have all of our armed forces and then we'd still need our police officers who aren't even nearly as, as uh, uh, armored as well as they are. Like so, the average municipal yeah. police department in the United States has a, has a bigger budget and like more equipment than the entire Canadian military. Yeah. So if they all banded together, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're fucked. My we, question we, is, yeah. would they stop after Winnipeg, or is it Winnipeg then keep going? No, Winnipeg's the crown jewel, man. Why would you need anything no, else? I mean, like, if they, the just Boston. Take half of Manitoba, <laughs> if they take half of Manitoba, and they're like, that's all we wanted from you guys, I'll be Dude, like, I would be would, like... No, they would get to the fucking, like, Flin Flon, <laughs> and it would be over. They, they, no one, <laughs> we would rush them out of our... We get, Guess what? Canada starts here now. At the, you know, yeah. Way beyond the 49th. <laughs> we start, like... Yeah. I That's mean, why, like, anyone invading Canada, we should just, like make a make a like a funnel point into winter or into manitoba and like yeah they'll get halfway through it and be like what the fuck's the point like why why are we here why do we want this country look at this shit they're like it's the fuck out of here actually colder than michigan up yeah. here yeah. why are we here oh my god it, how are you guys the north and you're only like seriously two hours from the border <laughs> like that that's really like they don't even think about it but that's the reality of it yeah yeah um, on on yeah. one good thing, if the states invaded uh, Canada, we would have instantly the rest of the world would be at peace with each other to stop the U.S. You, I would see that would be interesting because then do you call Russia and China saviors for swooping in to save Canada? Because that would significantly That's change who it would the, have to be, yeah. Yeah, like well, the cultural I, I, you would, background. You would have to call China uh, more protecting their own investment because their economy is so interlinked with at least BC and Alberta's like with the oil and stuff. So it wouldn't be like a savior. It would be like a landlord or something coming back to be like, yo, knock it off. That's a, I've got interests there. (laughs) Well, that's interesting because I I think maybe just maybe Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like it would be more along the lines of like, like instead of them being like our, our saviors or something like that, they'd be like, Oh, uh, we can be imperialists again. No one told me. And then, yeah. you know, and then they just they start taking shit. Oh, yeah. like, oh, See you later, Ukraine. Yeah, they would be like coming fourth. Yeah, and it would be like we've had this. We've had this score to settle with Japan for centuries, and they would immediately take over Japan. Oh, it would. It would be so core right away. And then yeah. not only that, not only that, but then you'd also have like, like this is fucked up, but they're like. If you think, if you think about like when, when Russia annexed the uh, Crimea from yeah. from uh, the Ukraine, if Trump was in power when that happened, what I just joked about probably would have happened. He would have been like, "Oh, we can just take shit." Well, then- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're we're I doing didn't know that, that was again? an option. Yeah. Get Mexico and have them build a wall. That's what he would fucking do. Like something yeah. like that. He would you know, just crazy shit. I don't know. <laughs> 
What a fucking asshole. I hate that guy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think even like I'm seeing a lot of Republicans turning on him. Like there's groups of like Republicans against Trump now too. So. Well, he's just like, he's done a very few, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stop that right there. I'm going to get back to the police thing. You fucking tangent. No, we can talk about Trump, but like he's done a very, like a bunch of like very <laughs> non-conservative shit that like actual yeah. Republicans would, would look at and be like, well, that makes me uncomfortable. Um, so I get that he's like, he is losing support, but like the people who still support Trump, um, I saw a tweet the other day and it was basically like Trump supporters at this point are basically like political flat earthers. They don't care what the truth is. They don't <laughs> like, they don't care what's objectively true. They care okay. that they are right. And that's it. Like, and they will cling to that until they die and no one's going to walk it back. So I mean, political this is, flat earthers. That's, that's it's, amazing. It's, it's a good Beautiful. metaphor though. Like, Beautiful. um, okay, so the police thing. So everyone's seeing this, these calls to defund the police and yeah. everyone's losing their fucking mind because they're basically like, uh, well, what, what would you do without police? You made the example of like, who are you going to call for violent crime? But like, so a lot of the shit the police deal with now, by the way, I totally agree with calls to defund the police. Mm -hmm. um, they receive, I, I don't know if it's as bad in Canada. Um, I know in U.S. cities, the budget for police officer or uh, police departments is absolutely fucking insane. Like the the LAPD uh, budget was 1.73 billion with a B dollars, wow. and like, so you look oh, at yeah. the things police do right now, and it's like it's because we set up this system where like everything, everything, all these social problems, poverty, anything, those are now criminal problems. And we yeah. have to justify giving the police $1.73 billion a year. So we're going to make them be the front line of defense for all these things. But like, please don't know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to like people with mental health issues or uh, people with drug, like they're not, they're not there they're there to be reactive and not proactive. And you imagine if we started funneling 1.73 billion, a fucking fraction of $1.73 billion into like social programs and social housing and like, um, you know, uh, job creation programs and fucking harm reduction programs and safe injection sites and like mental health assistance, mm -hmm. there would be a lot fewer crimes for police yeah. to have to respond to. Um, but I think, um, like, I think, and what, as soon as Minnesota announced that they were defunding the police, I'm like, you know what we're going to see? Because there is an uh, absolute fuck ton of money in the prison industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And we are going to see people sending a lot of like bad actors and stuff to Minneapolis to fuck shit up so they can be like, you see what happens when you don't give your police billions of dollars a year? Exactly. This happens. Like, are we going to see privatized police forces down there that are like, turn into like guns for hire just like the prisons are all privatized so they've said so it's like they kind of affected the police to set up just like an influx of prisoners so that these prisons can make money or it's like what's going to happen if that comes around A amazon force by <laughs> jeff bezos just yeah. fucking drones dropping fucking amazon military yeah amazon force yeah. versus google swat yeah and it definitely feels like one step from Judge Dredd, absolutely. But yeah, I will. I want to say because we, we just touched very quickly on something that is actually near and dear to my heart, which is I don't know why, but I'm just like obsessed with like prison knowledge and culture, and I just 
have like mm-hmm. a ton of weird trivia. Hey, drop some knowledge on us. The, the viewers of this podcast could use some because they're desperately not yes. Okay, well I, I'll <laughs> just say this: the privatized uh, prison program mm-hmm. is absolutely horrendous, and and there should not there should never be public stock shares sold for the value of human life ever. Like regardless of it's a prison or slave camps or whatever the fuck it is, it should never be that. So that stop dead right there. But unfortunately. Uh, private prisons, while they are expanding and they are growing uh, throughout uh, throughout America, still represent a minority compared to the state or or federal run prisons in in the United States. Um, their their policies are still just as draconian, just as awful, and just as terrible. Um, but I just this this uh, sometimes this idea that like it should go back to federal or go back to state only. Mm-hmm. It's like that should only occur with the same type of mentality that the defund the police idea is happening. Uh, and by that, I mean that there should be more, uh, more of a switch to reforming rather than uh, punishment. Because right now, from, from the moment you commit a crime to the moment you're sitting in a cell, um, every step of the way is designed to keep you there and to not allow you to have any chance to reform. And even when you are there and you actually get out, you become a reprobate and you actually end up going back in. So there's, there's no, um, there's no ability for them to actually fix that right now because the cycle itself, it perpetuates itself because if you took out even just the court portion, which some states have done and they've actually switched completely um, to something very similar to like what we have here in Vancouver and BC where we have uh, very independent drug courts that only deal with drug crimes and uh, basically deal with people um, and their mental health and being able to take them into more of a wellness facility. That uh, even that being placed into a system right now in the United States in certain states that have enacted that they've actually received so much pushback and lobbying from the other parts of the wheel that like it, uh, it becomes a, a losing effort in, in, in the back end. So it's hard to see what to do and, and what to, but, but it all plays into the same shit that we're talking about here, because if there are privatized militaries and there are going to be like, you know, state sponsored or, or Google, you know, task force or whatever you just said, like, if there is going to be that, we have to be able to have an answer for that. Uh, other, either, you know, in a physical confrontation uh, in a military uh, st- type way, or um, in a way that's going to, you know, hopefully stop it before it happens. And that's what it's trending to. And that's what's terrifying, I think, to most people that might be even watching this right now. Yeah. Um, so I work for a company that makes software for like lawyers and law firms. But like through my work there, I've been lucky enough to be exposed to a lot of these like charities and initiatives that are actually working on like some really interesting shit. Like um, there's this uh, restorative justice center in Oakland, I wanna say. Um, And it was basically like this building that was fucking built to essentially um, almost replace a jail like what what they would do is they would take like all these things from different cultures like healing circles and fucking when crimes were committed they would get all these people into a room uh like victims victims families perpetrators together to like talk through shit um and and deal with things almost like our ancestors like thousands and thousands of years did before this prison industrial complex existed uh, and they found it was like crazy effective. Like it reduced reoffending. It it limited violent crime. Like these, awesome. there are a lot of fucking amazing things taking place out there right now um, by people who have to like fight and claw for every inch of funding they get because 
Um, at some point we decided that justice was going to be a capitalist enterprise and we were going to use the enforcement of laws and justice as a way to make money uh, by like churning as many people through the system as possible. Yeah. And like, yeah, no fucking wonder you have like violent crime, like the, the situation it is in the States and no wonder people are pissed off to this point. Like the thing that I think is the absolute grossest thing about the justice system in the United States is uh, the bail, like bail system. Like it's absolutely fucking insane to me that um, it's, it, they're essentially preying on poor people because uh, you know, you criminalize everything, you, you arrest someone, you charge them with something. And before they are even convicted of a crime, they have to come up with like thousands and thousands of dollars just to get a taste of freedom again before uh before they they have have a trial or a court oh, case yeah. and it's fucking mental that like oh, anybody yeah. allows that to happen and is like well this is this seems like a reasonable thing for us to do well like, if they weren't if they weren't poor Derek, they wouldn't be making trouble and crime you know you do raise an excellent point jamie like, oh, fuck fuck six i mean geez. i just wanted to jump in there like uh maybe the states could do something like canada has like you were talking about the restorative justice center like canada like in the states they're saying one of the big problems is african americans are overrepresented in the jail system where it seems like they might not be committing more crime or whatever but they're the populations in jail are 60% black when they're only make up like 10% of the population. And we have the same problem up here in Canada with the indigenous population and they're overrepresented in the jail. So our federal government started this thing where they're like, we got to address the situation. And actually what my girlfriend does is there are these things called glad do reports. And when an indigenous person gets charged with something, they have this option of having like a report done so it'll go through their family history, maybe see if there's like generational trauma or if something's coming, like what kind of upbringing they had. And then to address maybe the recidivism rate, they can have the uh, person who's writing the report will suggest different sorts of treatments, like whether it's counseling or kind of like, um, like the sobriety thing or all this stuff. And then they can, the judge can compliment whatever sense sentencing they're going to give to this person with all these different sorts of treatments. So if they did something like that in the States with this um, restorative justice center and they, they had more of those, cause that's a really good idea. Cause um, like what you said, where they would get the victims and the families in one, one thing that the indigenous population in Canada used to do was they would get, like the tribal council and they that's would... where they got it from it was like oh, a, yeah. it's a, like an indigenous healing circle or something is, mm. is when it was explained to me that's that's what they were yeah because andrew was explaining this to me it was something like i think you can even still ask for that some in some cases in canada where it's like the tribal council will sit down with the person who committed the crime and the family and they'll talk it over and then they'll get the family suggestion of what they think the punishment should be for the person of course it's they're still going to do all the legal stuff but they might take that into consideration so it's yeah, it's, yeah like this is also like what jamie was saying before about the defunding doesn't mean get rid of it it kind of means reform it so like i have a problem i had a big problem with them saying defund it like just 
take all the money out of the police and then whatever. And, but I'm totally down with reforming. I think one of the things the state should do also is instead of having like the, what, eight week training courses they have to become a police officer, it should be very like a lot more selective. And then they should have a whole bunch of different sort of treatment options for these police officers, because a lot of them are just getting massive PTSD from dealing with like, because it's like, the police officers are the first call. So it's like, if there's a traffic accident, the police officers have to go there. And if you've only been trained for eight weeks on like how to deal with criminals, you don't have any sort of like trauma treatment or what to do when you see a dead body and all this stuff. And it's like, they see all this horrific stuff and then they might just get PTSD and go untreated. And then it kind of bleeds into their aggressiveness and their job and stuff. So I think, Another thing they should do is just have mandatory like psychological evaluations at certain points, like maybe after every, any traumatic situation or maybe in every couple months or even a year. Yeah. I think like that, that's a, that's, I think that'd be a good idea. I think if, um, if what, from what I understand, from what I'm reading and from, from what I'm, I've been speaking with mm-hmm. people, I think the, uh, the other part of um, the defunding uh, aspect is um because it's going into these other areas that we've already discussed. Yeah. Uh, if in fact those people were then responsible for responding to those types of calls and things like that. So if there was like a social worker that responded to a social worker call, like a 911 operator is already, um, they're already splitting calls between multiple different departments and facilities, depending on location and area and type of crime or, or, or event taking place. So, it stands to reason that there could be uh, multiple different uh, people patched into that network, like social workers or, you know, psychologists, uh, therapists, people like right away. Like if you know that there's someone there that like they have to, like instead of a a police officer being sent to a, a traffic accident, like you just mentioned, and it's like, yes, they might have to do some traffic control or something like that. But when it comes to like holding someone's hand while they're about to die in a vehicle, it's like, that's, that's an incredibly powerful experience for someone to go through. And then you have to get back in and then hear your partner talk about, Oh, I guess we're going to Tim Hortons this week or something. It's like, it, it, there's a, there's a huge shift in mentality, what takes place for stuff like that. I used to work for an ambulance and uh, I, I just did back end administrative stuff. And one of the first things I learned was like, anytime that there's any serious tragedy like that for a, for a paramedic, um, anytime they need time off, they get it whenever they want, whenever they want at the drop of a hat, whenever they want. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's very important. And that's, that's really cool. I think that's cool. But like, I don't think police officers have that. I might be wrong about that, but I don't think they have that. I'm not trying to sympathize with people that are on the street beating protesters. Those are, those guys are assholes, but I'm talking about in a system in general, like there could be. Yeah there could be better people in better positions to do these jobs. I don't think you have to be a cop in order to stop, um, you know, like a foster uh, family dispute or something like that. I think that there could be other people involved that could do that. Yeah. There's with, with $1.2 billion, you can fund uh, social programs that'll like aim for the prevention. And then you can fund like actual, Oh, we got another special guest. Who's that? This is uh, my new kitty Luna. Cute. What up, Luna? Say hi. Hey, Luna. Say hi. You're hey. famous. You shot. Hi, Luna. What's hi. your take? 
<laughs> she's <laughs> she's the most gentle kitty I've ever met. All she she's like, I didn't sign up for this. I'm yeah, out. She, she just kisses and she can't stand <laughs> that I'm not hanging out with her right now. So we've only had them like a couple months. So Dude. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry to cut in with something nah, cute. That derails. On to the next topic. Hey, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Dale, you want to get into this? Uh, JK, JK, can, we, can someone explain this to me? Because yeah, a lot of it. people are mad at JK <clears throat> Rowling right now. I'll explain exactly what happened. Do not understand why. Okay, so please go ahead. Somebody was saying, I, I can't remember exactly what they were talking about, but it went to the uh, effect of something 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 people with who experienced menstruation and then jk rowling was like i think there's a word for that and then she would like type like woman and all this stuff so she, and then basically people called her out they're like wait are you saying that <clears throat> trans uh gender women aren't actually women and then she doubled down and then she basically outed herself as a transgender phobe and then Daniel Radcliffe stepped in and he's like, look, uh, if you enjoy the material, there's nothing wrong with separating yourself from the feelings of the um, author. I understand that there's all this stuff that people feel and to help them through a lot of like developmental stages in their lives and all this stuff. And then he goes on to explain why JK Rawlings was wrong to kind of dismiss a person who menstruates as just a woman and then a whole bunch of people called out Daniel Radcliffe for mansplaining transgenderness to J.K. <laughs> Rowling. <laughs> so, As the internet dude, does. Yeah. Wow. I, just, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if you, if you read the beginning of Daniel Radcliffe's statement, mm-hmm. you, you'd see like he very much approached it from a, like, I in no way support what J.K. Rowling is saying. However... I personally feel like, like my relationship with her has been good, but that mm-hmm. this is a teachable moment and let, let's explore why this is, you know, because like the, the thing about TERFs as they're called. Uh, Can you give us, give us the breakdown on that? Trans exclusionary radical feminist. Trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yes. So um, the, the thing about that is like, I, it's so weird on paper. I, I was talking about this with some people today and uh, I, you know, I, I, I pinged some people uh, about like what they felt about this. And it's very interesting. The responses that come back, a lot of people, the first response, like the knee jerk response is like, I don't care either way. I just don't want people to tell me what to think. That's, that's the real, like, I mean, and that's a very like baseline response yeah. to anything. Right. So, and, and that, I also think that that's also like the baseline of like, it's the next door is like ignorance, right? Because <laughs> you're like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want anyone to tell me. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's fine. But then like the next step to that, I very much say is like, as the, the turf position in that women fought very hard to be women, to win the right to vote, to mm-hmm. have the right to like have sex with whom they like to have the right over their own bodies in terms of reproductive, you know, in some states, but in some parts of the world. Um, and, and even that in the statement of itself should say a lot, that there's still like a lot to be done in that uh, part of it. But seeing as how the three of us are very qualified to be talking about women, I'll just keep this going. <laughs> I'll say 
the the next the, the, we're the white men we're, what aren't we qualified to talk about man yeah i got a nice like gray tone in me right yeah but, like so i the, the fact that like that exists okay if we could just hold that as its own thing right or wrong whatever you think about it that's that's a thing and then a lot of people belong to that idea and that philosophy the other portion of that that is very um concerning is that because they're exclusionary to trans people they've actually created this other lane this whole pocket of people where it's like okay now you have people that are like were oppressed over here now oppressing others and you you feel like it's a funnel it should be mm -hmm. like people oppressing uh, either become uh unoppressed and then they're able to recognize that in others and, and, and help them up right um not become part of an oppressive class and therefore make it harder for people to be involved in life so i i have issues with with the fact that jk rowling is not being very understanding but her point of view as well is like, you know, very different. Like we're talking about a woman that used to live in her car and now she's, yeah. a, she's a multi, multi wealthy millionaire, like, like huge amounts of wealth. And then you have this period of life that she was abused as a woman and her feelings are very much galvanized in what she thinks a woman is. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's where those ideas are coming from. She did I, bring up, yeah. sorry, I just wanted to say this. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. She did bring up one interesting point that I can't even begin to parse, which was she was saying that, since, like you brought up that she was, um, shit. anyway, she was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I just forgot that word. Um, yeah, that's never happened before in the history of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> like she was saying she was abused and that from her point of view, like if she were to go to a woman abuse shelter and someone who came in with the body, like basically a transgender woman, someone who was male, who identifies as a woman now came in with that male body to this shelter, it might cause trauma to the, to the women who were abused by men. And I have no way on how to approach that and what to say. I just wanted to say that that is an interesting point that we're going to have to think about. Well, I think that's, that's her whole take, right? Because of, yeah. of the abuse that, that she encountered. Like, I think she views uh, trans women as, as men still. And yeah. I, I don't think JK Rowling, as much as I am personally invested in her growth as a human being, <laughs> I don't know that she has ever going to be able to overcome that but i think like jamie you did a pretty good job of breaking it down and being like this is where she's coming from like no it doesn't make it okay but maybe when we like look at it through that lens and be like mm -hmm. uh yo like this is maybe we can just like stop the the fucking dog pile and like absolutely because yeah. like does it make any sense so on the other like what you're saying so like further down the line now yeah. you have Daniel Radcliffe stepping up in defense of both points, much like we all just kind of did. And then now to be completely just destroyed on Twitter over this. And, and now think of what Daniel's thinking. He must be like, first of all, you know, I'm fucking Harry Potter. I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm, and, uh, I'm fucking and then, Harry Potter. Yeah, and then, uh, I was a great like, Radcliffe. Yeah, right. I've been working on it for a while. And then he's like, uh, 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 not, not only am I a good guy, but 
I try to step stick up for someone and I just fucking now I can't go anywhere. Not that I could because everything's quarantined. Well, fuck the world. You know? and, <laughs> and, I've never fucking. Right? And that's how he gets radicalized, man. Like that's. Right. And now, you're, now you have a guy who's like, well, fuck it. Maybe I am a turf or fuck it. Maybe, maybe fuck JK Rowling forever. And then like he leaves that or, or even worse, like he doesn't say anything to anyone and he just internalizes it and uses his own massive fortune to fund things that are anti whatever free speech or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, like none of this works. Yeah. None of this works out in our favor as humanity when we all just like destroy someone. It's like, I, I have to say, I think it's, it's very like, this is a hard take. This is a very fucking wild take. I, I know, but Donald Trump's a bit of a jerk. Right. So I, I think like, a guy I like don't here, know about that. Like, man. Come, on, <laughs> come on. I know I, I talk wild, these days, but, but this beard's got me going. But anyway, careful with that. All right. right. <laughs> but, but like, he is someone who fucking deserves that. He deserves every little bit of fucking hate that's going his way. He's not doing the right thing as a human or any, any fucking anything you can imagine. He's not doing it right. He's making all the wrong moves. That's the, that's the thing. It's not that he's like fucking up. It's objectively, he is a bad, just a bad person. Like he's not, he's not contributing anything good to anyone's lives. Yeah. He contributed nothing to, you know, your entire bloodline is fucked. How about that? Just like, let that know. (laughs) So like, I look at people like that and I'm like, they deserve that. Then I look over at someone who's just merely trying to explain the situation and be calm and rational. And what do you, what happens? So what I'm saying is we need Tom Hanks to come in. (laughs) I'm okay to get back on this Tom Hanks thing. Yeah. Down with that. This is now the the Hanks cast where we will be uh, exploring the assorted works of Tom Hanks. I didn't tell Um, you guys this, but I have shares in Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, the human being. I didn't yeah, know you yeah. could invest in that. Yeah, I'd like to buy some. You must have been freaked when he caught uh, COVID there, then, hey? Like you was, were like, oh, my investment. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It's, the, it's only my, the second quarter. My Hank <laughs> stocks. I just wanted to throw something in. Derek, I was just about to give you props. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. On our previous <laughs> episode, we were talking about this whole subject about transgender people. And you said you have to look at it like it's two different things. Like sex is one thing and gender is another. And a lot of people are getting hung up on saying that the biological sex of someone is who they should be when that's detached from who they are, who they identify as gender wise. And for that actually completely helped me wrap my own brain around it. So I think if you're having trouble wrapping your, like if you're, jk rawlings and you're like i don't get how this is like only one sex can menstruate it's like yeah only one sex can menstruate but both genders can menstruate like if you look at it like that it kind of detaches all your scientific biological hang-ups on it yeah i don't know how many people who oppose it are doing so because they're scientifically or biologically hung up versus they're just like fucking closed-minded and they don't want to know like you have like and those are the people who, when it comes up, will like um, just like intentionally ignore somebody else's identity or wishes mm-hmm. or pronouns and call them what they want to call them just to be fucking abrasive and shitty yeah. uh, for no reason. So um, I don't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to make the people who do that feel bad and they should feel bad for that. So 
They're I getting lost do. halfway is my shtick. <laughs> That's my role on the podcast yeah. is to start talking and then just fucking run out of road. <laughs> uh, do you have any, Jamie, did you come armed with any internet outrage you wanted to discuss or topics? We're, we're coming up to the, the end of our time together here. So I think, um, um, I think, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I, I think I did enough of that throughout <laughs> the show, but I don't think I have time to see anything else. <laughs> well, we could talk about, um, no, we can't. I was going to say we could talk about less stuff. But oh, we started talking about Paw Patrol at the beginning, but that just kind of leads back into the defund the police thing. Do you want to kind of hit on that? Sure. Paw Patrol is a fucking awful cartoon with dumb talking dogs that sucks ass and has an obnoxious theme song. Uh, people are saying they want to cancel it because one of the characters is a police officer. And again, I do not fucking care why you cancel it. Cancel it. Just take the show off the air. How about A and E canceling? live pd and boom okay Bad boys what you I'm, so i got canceled too yeah i'm, we'll I'm down that. with that because yeah, that that. those shows were fucking gross man like i i watched live pd exactly once like three or four years ago yeah uh and i was like i wasn't a good person three or four years ago like i was mm. generally shitty eh, maybe it was five years ago it was before i sobered up but i watched one episode of that and i was just like this show is fucking gross. Like this show yeah. is like turns it, like poverty and social issues and like all this shit into like entertainment. And I never really picked up on that with cops, but I guess they kind of did the same thing. Yeah. Cops um, was um, more just action. Like this is what's happening. Cause it ran for 32 years, but it's like, if you want to know what exploitation is, just watch live PD because you're like, because it is, it's just exploiting these criminals and these bad situations and then making a bunch of money off it and putting them on TV. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like <laughs> if anyone knows even the most minuscule amount of video production, if you just know that like, okay, these are, these are episodes of like, like you have people being arrested that may or may not have actually done the crime that are now mm -hmm. being packaged and processed into like eight minute segments that are then surrounded by 15 to 30 to story, yeah. ads. Right. And it's like, yeah. It's just being whittled down into like this product to sell you. And if you can't understand that, like that is what's happening. And then the real, like, like really let that sink in. They may or may not have actually commit the crime. So like blurred out or not, some of those States, they don't allow you to blur it out. So you, you just get like a rent, like here's Johnny John. He's fucking, yeah. you know, domestic abuse that he didn't actually do or something. You know? mm -hmm. But that that's like really bad. And like people are selling, um, advertising uh and, and getting all kinds of money from that but i'll tell you what that was a really good move that they did to to cancel it i, I think it's awesome and i think it's awesome that cops is finally off the air because i think that's fucking dumb i won't yeah. lie i used to really like the canadian fucking sh the to uh you are under arrest <laughs> it was called it was just 80s footage Aptly of named <laughs> yeah it was just cops with like wooden batons that they carved at home from a single piece of wood or something wait was this a real show oh yeah and you could watch it on netflix in canada right now so That's i'm not amazing. saying i'm not saying i don't enjoy this kind of thing somehow because it's like 30 years ago it doesn't seem so yeah bad. but like that but it's it's crazy to watch. Like I watch and I'm just like, that's illegal. That, that cop is doing an illegal thing. Wow. Yeah. Like that's legal. anyway, that, that was a good move for them to take the stuff off. But one of the best moves I ever made in regards to all this 
was investing in Derek Bolin as a stock about five years ago. He, <laughs> just, he really turned off, it around. Baby. Yeah. And the best part is it hasn't gone to his head at all. No, well, just as no. As he's ever been. <laughs> I was just as proud of myself when I was a shitty person, but now I actually have reason to be. So I mean, that's true. Your confidence hasn't changed. That's been a steady through line of each formation <laughs> of your life. Uh, we had one more. Uh, Casey, Casey Gould. Uh, I don't know who that is. Probably friend of Jamie's. Looks like a good, good guy. Um, it's a good guy absolutely nice. he he said uh nascar confederate flag which i want to say the balls on fucking nascar to alienate 75 to take a stand and alienate like 75 percent <laughs> of your fan base so impressive was I, like i did not think nascar was gonna win 2020 at all i did not see them being the ones to do it but like holy fuck yeah i yeah. I'd, I'd say like first of all casey great suggestion uh, next thing I'd say is um, I, I don't know the account offhand. So, so this is a regurgitated take. So apologies for that. But I will say that the best, the best take I saw though, was the, the guy, there was a guy who quit over in outrage. He was an NASCAR driver. He quit out of, out of uh, I forget his name, but uh, that'll play into this in a second. Uh, the, he, he quit with like, if, if y'all are going to do that, then I ain't going to have anything to do with y'all. Something like that. And, Whatever, mm-hmm. just you know broken twitter english and all of a sudden uh the responses were great the best one i read said uh you know i had to look you up uh and i googled you and you were oh and 29 in your entire nascar <laughs> life and uh you know i gotta say it's pretty disappointing to hear you're gonna be leaving um but as you have always done and as you will be remembered uh, you've never been very good at anything race related. Ooh, snap! <laughs> I think another thing too is the uh, American military actually banned the Confederate flag from being like having logos or like the soldiers having logos or anything on their gear or the Confederate flag being in the military at all. There I'm kind is... of amazed that was still allowed. To yeah, like that's what I was saying. I was like, wait, why? Would you have the Confederate flag if you're in the military? It was a it was a weird part of uh, once the Civil War ended. There was a large, uh, a, like a large amount of effort and, and concerted time that was put into yeah. um, making sure that there could be like a reunification between the the South and the North. Yeah, like so the speak. the yeah. thirteen states that were in the confederate union or whatever there is a problem with this though that i don't know if you guys are familiar with but i actually found out because i was like i was like "Hmm, let's just go look at the confederate flag because i wanted to see like why it's such a big deal and it was only an actual flag for four years because it was only part of the army for four years and after that it was just like hey we want to remember this but if you've seen the mississippi flag for the state of mississippi it has a confederate flag in it so yeah. the problem is, if you say no Confederate flags in NASCAR, what are drivers from Mississippi supposed to do? And that, that's interesting. Hmm. This is a very good point. For, and then Mississippi was like, "Yeah, we're gonna fucking maybe take a poll to change this thing or whatever." But poll? it's like, yeah, they they kind of like soft shoot it because it was like everybody's wait. like, "Wait, if you're banning this flag, what are you gonna do with the state?" I- I'd have to think just because, you know, I know we're tight for time here, so I don't want to keep us, but I would have to. Th- oh, we got tons of time. I would have to think that it would be like, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm no expert at hippity hop, 
and mm -hmm. so yeah. But I would say uh, it'd be considered like sampling, right? So now it's like uh, its own thing, as long as you have yeah. license permission. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know who owns the Confederate flag. Does anyone actually own it? But uh, you just get like a little <laughs> bit of licensing for it. Oh, we lost oh, Derek. We lost Derek. That's oh, how wow. bad. That's how bad my jokes were just Wait, now. Wait, if we joke. lost Derek. How is this meeting still going on? Because I know it says we're still recording live on Facebook. Hmm. Oh, there oh, he is. He's back. Oh, what up? I, what <laughs> happened, Derek? I thought you just uh, hated my, the jokes. My internet, yeah, I, I missed that last, uh, last segment because my internet connection shit the bag. So. Did you hear the part about the Mississippi flag? Did you be back? I did, yeah. That was okay, about yeah, where, we, were just, uh, we were just talking about that. Jamie was saying it's like, it's like sampling. It'll be like sampling in Mississippi because then like, <laughs> it'll be its own thing, right? It'll be like a third party thing. Like they'll have to sample, like they'll have to license it. I don't know who owns the Confederate yeah. flag, but like you'd have to pay them royalties or something. Yeah, and I know a lot of people say the Confederate flag, they're like, it doesn't mean the racism thing. It doesn't mean they fought for slavery or whatever. It's like they see it as a unification of the South. So they're like home to their roots. And you know what I say? I say, fuck you. Just don't have that flag anymore. There's yeah. too many people where it's trauma-inducing. I hate to use the word, but it's actually triggering to just see that because they think of when they were bought and sold like property instead of being human beings. So bottom I'll just do it find, find of it. another piece like, of history hey I mean, one build something else with 13 stars on it one last thing before we wrap up uh i just want to say i'm personally a big fan of statue toppling of any statue i don't even care oh if you're better <laughs> statues just top topple them all fuck statues dude getting rid of all those fucking honky statues i'm like yes get rid of all these dumb pieces of shit because the thing about those statues is they weren't built after the civil war and they haven't been there for hundreds of years what happened was during the civil rights movement a bunch of fucking redneck racists were like we're gonna build these statues so people know where we came from so some of those statues have, were built in the 60s while african americans were fighting for their rights to be considered humans all these shithead racists were like oh fuck let's uh General, let's like make general e lee a hero and stuff and it's like just get rid of all of them like I'm the racist ones fuck statues get rid of them all <laughs> fuck it they creep me out they should not be like weird bronze people everywhere you go they're fucking oh, like yeah have they never seen doctor who like this is yeah, exactly like, <laughs> you one of the worst things that can happen <laughs> yeah oh those uh angel statues what were those called the fucking the weep weeping angels the weeping uh, angels something like that yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Hey, like we're all pretending it. like we're not nerds. That's awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what those Dr. Who things are called. <laughs> Thanks so much for fucking joining us, man. You yeah, are, great. Uh, you are as fantastic on this side of the mic as you were on the other side of the mic. Uh, and I, I do hope you make a, a return to podcasting. Cause like, uh, that was one of my funnest podcast experiences, I think, was was coming on your show a couple times. So, uh, uh, you know, thank you, back thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me, guys. And, and Dale, you're, you're awesome, man. Derek, you're awesome. Oh, thanks. Like, I, awesome. I appreciate uh, I appreciate being given a platform just to, to chat and stuff. It's been a while since I've been hey, able to podcast. You brought it with the prison knowledge. Hey. So we're the ones <laughs> appreciating you. It was nice having a, someone who knew what the fuck they were talking about for once. Yeah. Let's not get no carried away, that. Derek. We still have our charm. All those uh, <laughs> all those 5 a.m. prison documentary nights paid off, man. Yeah, That's there you good. go. Finally. Uh, if people are looking for you on the internet or would like to like look at your shit or learn more about you, where can they do that? 
Um, I'll say it now, and then you guys could throw it in the, I don't know, comments or whatever the fuck, or I don't know how you do mm. this, but I, I would say uh, follow me online at MD, just as like my, my name says here on my little thing here. And uh, if you want to check out my new music, uh, the stuff I'm doing, it's this instrumental, relaxed, super chill vibe stuff I, I'm doing. It's called Chatterless. And uh, it's like lo-fi, chill wave stuff. Um, is that new... on Bandcamp? Here, I'm gonna. I'm just. Gonna, I'm asking you so I can post <laughs> it. Fuck right is it? It's uh, it's actually on Spotify and uh, you know, oh, title and real. Those like... are real music sites. Bandcamp. <laughs> Fuck out of here. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Bandcamp's good. That's good too. Uh, but I I actually uh, have a new album coming out on June 26th, which is uh, uh, two weeks from today. And nice. uh, this is the announcement of that. I haven't said anything online about it or anything. So, oh uh, shit, you hear it here yeah. first. Yeah. And the album's called. <laughs> and the album's called Insecurities Melt. So, if you guys want to check it out, go to Chatterless Music, and that's what it is all across the land. I'll be launching a YouTube channel the exact same day. So, nice. yay! Maybe we'll do some stuff on that. And uh, I don't know. I'm just so thankful to have uh, a chance to talk with you guys. It's pretty stoked to hang out again. Yeah, yeah, that was great, awesome. Man. Uh, I, just, I just want to say I um, it's not as important as Jamie's, but uh, I don't care what you have to. I did. This make, is your podcast. I, <laughs> I don't. I, I made a red bubble site. If you don't know, that's basically I put the Outrage Factory showing, logo, yeah, the merch. and you can go get any types of merch a shower logo. curtain. I mean, we don't get pillows. Yeah. So what it is, is you go on, you pick what you want and they They know what red bubble is. And they give us like a couple bucks, but (laughs) I put it there. Very popular website. So that it would be easier for you guys to get swag. It's right now. I only have the outrage factory tiger logo in there because it's the best one, but I might add more later if I draw more. So I'll pitch pitch you guys a few ideas for a, shirt ideas and, and, and sayings ideas that i've caught even today on this show I on think this phone all right catchphrases is, is it just your face was once a guest on outrage factory <laughs> so we can further Best seller we so we can ride your, for all our guests yeah ride Best your seller. coattails for our swag too <laughs> uh, hey everyone uh i've been your co-host my name is derek bolan you can follow me on the twitter machine at herder I've been your other co-host, Dale DeRuder. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at SuperDaleBot. You can follow us on the Twitter where it's actually just Dale tweeting from our brand account uh, at OutragefactPod. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash OutragefactPod, assuming uh, that fuckface Mark Zuckerberg doesn't shut us down. (laughs) We did have a lot of trouble launching this stream because Derek, as we were going in, called Mr. Zuckerberg a disparaging game which i don't agree with i think i think it was also fuckface mark zuckerberg might be the next leader of the free world <laughs> Still just <fuck> face. Uh, <laughs> i don't even want to put that out there if you like the podcast please rate review and subscribe wherever you get those if you really like us head on over to our patreon and toss us some cash and finally until next week Stabber.